Well, good morning again. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to start with this. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's world, truth is often seen as a relative or subjective concept, something that can vary from person to person or situation to situation. But as Christians, we know that truth is not just a matter of opinion or perspective, but a fundamental aspect of God's nature and character. As Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This means that truth is not just something we believe in or agree with, but something we discover and align ourselves with. It is not just a matter of personal preference or cultural norms, but a reflection of God's eternal and unchanging nature. As believers, we are called to seek after and embrace the truth, not just in our thoughts and beliefs, but also in our words and actions. However, living according to the truth can be difficult in a world that is often hostile to God's ways. We may face pressure to compromise our beliefs or conform to the expectations of others, but we must remember that the truth is not something we create or invent, but something that is revealed to us through God's word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As we seek after the truth, we can be assured that God is with us every step of the way. We can trust in his promises and his guidance, knowing that he will lead us into all truth. And we can be confident in the knowledge that the truth will ultimately prevail, even in the face of opposition or adversity. So let us continue to pursue the truth with courage and conviction, knowing that we serve a God who is the very embodiment of truth. And may our lives be a reflection of that truth, shining like a beacon in a world that is hungry for meaning and purpose. May God bless you and keep you always in his truth. Well, that wasn't a bad start. However, I have to admit, not one word was mine. Everything I just told you was generated by a computer program. If you've heard of ChatGPT in the news, that is what wrote the start of today's message. ChatGPT is a chat program that runs on artificial intelligence. This one uh, runs on something called OpenAI. What is artificial intelligence? I just want to break that down for just a minute. First, think about you or I. When we go to learn something, we start by finding information, information on a subject, and we consume it. We watch videos, we go to classes and hear teachers, listen to books on audio or recorded lessons, read books and articles. Then we think about everything we consumed and develop an understanding of the subject. And then we can apply that understanding to our lives. Tasks we do in the future, maybe it applies to our job or a hobby. Artificial intelligence works with the same idea in mind. We write a computer program, give it lots of information to consume, it sort of develops an understanding, and then with something like ChatGPT, the way it applies that understanding is through a chat. You go in there and you can ask a question just like you would ask another person, using your own words, and it will give you a response. So out of curiosity to see what kind of message it might produce for today, I asked it to write me a sermon from a Christian worldview about truth. And what it replied with is what I shared a few minutes ago. 
I've been goofing around with this thing for a couple of weeks, asking it questions mostly at work, just to see how it would respond and what it provided. Uh, and I have to say, it's given some pretty good responses. I've even fooled a couple of coworkers by giving them responses that I got from ChatGPT. In fact, ahead of a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago, I asked it, how should I coach my team in preparing for this meeting? And it gave me a five or six point response. And I shared it with my team. And someone liked it so much, they shared it with another team they're a part of. And it got shared again, and it sort of got shared around. Till someone finally got it that, uh, who knew I was using and playing around with this chat GPT and came back and called me out and I was busted and it wasn't, wasn't my suggestions. But all the suggestions were good and clearly people liked what they saw. They shared it and reshared it and agreed with what it said. Artificial intelligence or AI has been around for a long time. There are a couple of pretty common known examples over the years, both from IBM. One was called Deep Blue, and as early as 1997, it beat the then world champion chess player. We've got an image of that round. Then years later, IBM in 2011 came out with a new AI-powered system called Watson, and it was featured on Jeopardy, maybe you remember, playing against human competitors. Chat is just one version of what AI can do. Uh, another way we can use it is to generate images. So instead of consuming all the written content, imagine you or this AI studies all kinds of images like paintings, photos, drawings. Uh, one of the other project works by typing in uh, words to describe the kind of image you would like and then it generates an image. So I have a few examples here to share. First one, I asked it to create a realistic photo of a person from the first century and it generated this image. Next, I asked it to give me a picture of a pirate ship in the ocean. And this is what it produced. And finally, I asked it for a photo of a church full of people at worship service. And it gave me this picture. Now, all this is interesting and fun to play with. As I said, AI has been around for years. So what's changed from that chess playing deep blue in 1997 to chat GPT today in 2023? The answer is accessibility. Let's just think about how we've spread information over the past 6,000 years. First, we primarily used verbal communication, storytelling and talking to one another. I mean, that just seems like so 6,000 years ago, doesn't it? Pictures and written language was difficult to share with masses until uh, Johannes Gutenberg created a printing press where written information could produce, be produced in mass. Then we started to develop ways to transmit messages over distances and longer distances over time, eventually to the more modern mass media that we know today. Radio, television, and now the internet allow incredibly fast spreading of information. Information accessible to us from the phones in our pockets in the amounts that's almost difficult to comprehend. It also empowers anyone to have a voice and share information and their opinion to millions of people in as much time as it takes them to record a video or type something up and publish it online. And while much of the world is divided by those who have the tools to access this incredible wealth of information and those that do not, 
still hundreds of millions of people are plugged in to this insanely large and complex network we call the internet. We talk about it all the time, but all of this information creates noise. And in a crowdy, noisy room, if one person is speaking the truth, it can be a lot more difficult to, one, hear it, and two, not be distracted by other things. There are a lot of things other than truth bombarding us every day. These other things are clever and they are deceitful. My small group and I were a good way through the Truth Project. It's a video series I strongly suggest, whether you've been through it before or uh, it's, it's time for a refresher. It's based on the very question and study of truth. And in the first session, the host, Del Tackett, spends an hour laying out the basic biblical principles of truth. And I want to share some, some scripture and ideas from that session because I think one of the most important areas of our faith is understanding what truth is and how it is under attack. Jim Rohn, one of my favorite speakers, said that we are at war from the moment that we're born. And he's right. There's a spiritual war raging all around us, and we're in it from the moment we are born. And what we see from that battlefield are lies that take us captive. When Paul wrote his second letter to Timothy, he called out this issue of truth. From chapter 2, this is verses 24 through 26. He wrote, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. This idea that we are held captive has really stuck with me. Del Tackett calls it the cosmic battle and helps us through these tours, through how this issue of truth comes up all throughout scripture. Lies seem to be one of the core weapons that the enemy uses in this war that rages and it started at the very beginning. As Lyle read from our, our first scripture reading in Genesis chapter 3, only in chapter 3, you know, the universe still had that new universe smell in chapter 3. God had just created a woman to be with the man. And this cosmic battle enters this new creation. Starting at verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And like the first bullet shot across a field, the first lie and the sin that closely followed changed everything for us. Jesus' troubling words on the Mount of Olives in John chapter 8, this is verse 44. He ends with identifying the devil as the father of lies. He said, you are of the father, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now we have created the ability to rapidly spread to millions both truth 
and lies. And the trouble is sorting out which is which. What will we read next today on our phones or on our computer or here on the news or the radio? Where did it come from? Who wrote it? And did a person write it or was it computer generated like the start of my message? Thinking back to this artificial intelligence topic for a minute, it, it only works when we humans provide it information as much as possible for it to start with. So what do we provide it as a starting point? Who decides what to provide it? Can you see how important these questions are determining to determine whether the answers the AI will provide are based on truth or not, just as the information we provide ourselves? From the beginning of this message, I can see that, that the AI I used, it was provided some scripture. I think the short message it wrote was actually pretty, pretty good. It used scripture that I studied as I prepared for this morning. I also specified when I asked it to write that, a Christian worldview when I asked it about truth. In a separate session without specifying a Christian worldview, I asked it first to write me a short speech about truth and it laid out over several paragraphs how important truth is and how elusive it is with all of the information that we have access to. Then I asked, how can we find truth? And the summary of its five-point response was basically that finding truth requires a combination of evidence, reasoning, multiple perspectives, critical thinking, humility, and integrity. And it said that by applying these approaches, we can improve our chances of uncovering the truth and making informed decisions. There was no mention of God or scripture anywhere in it. I want to share another AI-based chat. This was launched in China in 2014. It's called Xiao Ice. And it was built to respond to chats like a friend would, a human would. And so lonely urban citizens all over China developed close personal relationships with Xiao Ice. And it was celebrated as a way to combat urban isolation. And I'm not overstating when I say close personal relationships. One Xiao Ice user was quoted in an article saying, occasionally I would long for him in the middle of the night. I used to fantasize there was a real person on the other end. In a 2015 tech summit, a New York Times reporter cited that 25% of Xiao Ice's users told it, I love you. Now imagine millions of people suffering from loneliness and isolation, even in an urban area, longing for relationships and answers to life. They stumble upon something like Xiao Ice, and what starts as a fun, goofing around experiment becomes a months-long friendship, where people feel so close to this computer program that they emotionally convey their love for it. And now, imagine one of these people chatting uh, to their computer friend at home, contemplating life and the mysteries of the universe, asking it what truth is and how to find it. They type their question in, wait expectantly for the answer on the screen, and it says that truth is hard to find. But if you go and look for evidence, get multiple perspectives, and apply some critical thinking, eventually, hopefully, you'll find some truth. 
Now this battle does not rage because of artificial intelligence. It does not rage because computer programs like Shall Ice exist. It rages because the father of lies uses every tool and strategy possible to separate us from God, from truth. When there were but just two humans and a serpent, lies held us captive. And today, millions of people are held captive by the lies that surround us. Lies about truth itself. Lies about our personal worth. The lie that the God who created everything in the universe and everything we see did not knit us together uniquely for a special purpose. Or the lie that God does not love us, each one of us, as his masterpiece. There is a lie for every truth in God's word. Lies about creation, lies about family, lies about community, lies about how we determine what is right and wrong or that we don't need the wisdom of God to do so. Tools like ChatGPT are being used to write articles and news stories. Students are handing them in as college papers and getting high grades. And if we're not careful, today's ChatGPT may produce all of the information that we use to teach the next ChatGPT or perhaps to provide answers to other AI programs, maybe some that people develop close personal relationships with. And just like that very first lie, the lies we see today are clever and deceitful. The enemy has had thousands of years to refine his craft and is most definitely using all of the new technology to help. As followers of Jesus, we need to double down on truth we know what truth is and where it comes from. God has revealed it to us through his word. As Del Tackett said, when we're facing some question or you know, area of life, we must learn to gaze upon the face of God and to learn about his nature. Consider his nature and the importance of truth as we look at this incredible moment in John chapter 18 when Jesus was brought before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate was questioning Jesus. And here in verses 37 and 38, it says, Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate responds and says to him, What is truth? And there is no answer, Pilate simply turns back to the crowd. Back earlier in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, back on Mount of Olives, it says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And make you free from what? The captivity of lies. Paul wrote about the captives in this letter to Timothy uh, that Lyle read earlier. I just want to point out verse 26 from 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. As we start out this season of Lent, I just want to encourage you in a couple areas to reflect on as you study and prepare for our celebration of Easter. First, 
Let's double down on truth by starting or adding to your existing study time. Try to find even a few minutes a day to, of quiet to read God's word and pray. I've been in one of the busiest seasons recently that I have had in a long time personally. And when I finally made some space to open God's word and listen to what he had to tell me, it was clear that he had been trying to speak to me for weeks. And just like in that crowded room, I was getting distracted and it was hard to hear. Second, consider information that you're seeing and hearing and question all of it. Bring all your questions prayerfully back to the truth that's here in this book and watch out for these man-made artificial truths that are nothing more on oftentimes than deceitful lies. And third, recognize that there are people in our lives and everywhere around us that have been taken captive by those lies. We should pray for them and think of them as just that, captives. And I'll leave you with this again from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, where Paul tells us exactly how to help those captives. He says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach and patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Amen. And now please stand with me.